because then I don't have to edit in. Don't have to edit in later. <laughs> You're lazy, cunts. <laughs> Editing's for losers. Quality controls for losers. That's what you say Every Brendan album. Can I hear? Don't know what you're saying. What? <laughs> hey. Hello, welcome to Ante to Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Unintended Four Review 2024. <laughs> Whatever. It's not that, it's not that website. It's a different website. Here's the definitive rant, aka it's a futile fall showdown informed by sources around the web. All 525 songs going head to head. An ultimate Hootsmon showdown split into two eras, 77 to 93, 94 to 17. That's why Slate and Pascal Mad can be in the same group, remarkably. Thank you to uh, Reformation, Track Record, Umbra, the Puritans, Falling Fives, and other well-known fall-based websites, which we may or may not spend time on tonight. Uh, Billy Pip William Rigby is the free creep in us all. What's um, What you got to say for yourself, Pip? Passable. Exactly. Uh, Alistair, the Pemberton Hello. Walker. How are you doing? All right. Went to uh, Chris Barrow of Wigan's 50th birthday thing last week. Uh, right. He's been on this show before. Now. And, and anybody who says that you can't organise a piss up in a brewery is wrong because the, the, it was in a micro brewery he's doing. But what he can't do is organise vegan food at a piss up in a brewery. Well, moving on. We got uh, Ezra's not here. Don't know where he is. He's gone AWOL. Is Stu on the, uh, will- on the Mars code? Yes. Yeah, he has. He tapped some uh, messages through last night, actually, yeah. Right. Well, we've got someone better than Ezra anyway. So, uh, well, that's the name of a 90s indies band, isn't it? Um, um, is it? Yeah, it is. Um, the, Which the 90s indie band? I ripped off the chorus from their biggest hit for one of our biggest songs, Phil, but we'll talk about it off, off camera. Uh, but we've got someone better than Ezra, uh, Greg. Greg, Phil's mate. Morning. How are you doing, Greg? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, fine. That's a f- beautiful fake intro you just did there. Have you done that before? Yeah, I do it for work and stuff like oh, that, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> do you like the yeah, fall? Yeah, all right, thank you. Just tell us I, what your I'm, job I'm, title I'm, is. And... Ping, pardon? You see if it's your pin number and your sort code. <laughs> what, what, what do you think of the band of the fall? I like the fall. I, I prefer some stuff over than others. I'm not at your lad's sort of level of depth of knowledge with them. But I like them. I like Marky Smith. I like um, I like the more melodic stuff, if I'm honest. Um, if you if you know what I mean, um, there's sort of a few different styles that they do, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I don't know loads and loads about them, but I know more than somebody who knows nothing about them. If right. that kind of makes sense. Um, I've listened to the songs. I've got some bits and bobs jotted down. Nice. So see what happens. Have you got? Um... See where we go. Do you like back in the in the midst of your past? When was the first time you came across them that you can remember? Probably the nineties, um, stuff like Hit the North, that kind of thing. All right, right. Uh, yeah. And that sort of led me to stuff like what I would kind of regard as the more accessible stuff, like uh, uh, telephone thing, um, stuff like um, some of the covers they did, like White Lightning, Popcorn, Double Feature, right, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what else, earlier than that, um, do you remember the Sergeant Pepper knew my father? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they did, I heard, because that was about 87, wasn't it? Cause that Day was in the, the Life. Day in the Life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was, because that was the album with the Wet, Wet, Wet. 
doing pub, the pub that me alan bren used to drink in uh used to have a jukebox and that a day in the life by the fall used to come on regularly i think it was one of the automatic tunes on there there was that mm-hmm. and a miles davis one that i remember used to come on all the time because it's something you. you never hear really because it's, <laughs> it's I, I, you, you never hear of that album anymore i mean it's like what 30 odd years old but yeah um probably hearing that sometime in the 90s i would say uh will, will be my first uh dalliance right that's really we, had a, we had a chat about that me a back bit, in the day though, Greg. sorry i was just saying you surprised me a bit that i was going to say that it's like everyone who's on this podcast it's like a venn diagram do you know what i mean where we all overlap on the fall but we've all got our other sort of things that we enjoy listening to as well and it's like i've always thought that about us as well there's like a group of stuff that we really like and there's loads of stuff where it's like you've looked at me with a puzzled expression on your face and (laughs) i've just been like nah not for me really but uh It's it, it's this because there's loads of stuff you like that I think Brendan's probably on the same page as well. Like loads of nice sort of indie pop type stuff and Scottish yeah. pop and all that kind of. Yeah, that's 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 right up my street. All that sort of like jangly guitar, especially the Scottish stuff like Aztec Camera and the Bluebells and Teenage Beautiful. Fan Club and all those Jason Mary Chain, all those sorts of bands. Really, I'm yeah, big fan, big fan of. Nice, nice, nice stuff. Maybe if we do one of the um, one of our non-fall episodes, you can come by and uh, play some of your tunes. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for that, lovely. But, but tonight, let's get down to business. We've got Slates versus Pascal Mad, Two Librans versus Old Gang, and uh, English Scheme versus Dice Man. So, Pip, if you don't mind, uh, we will be joined by some uh, uh, chip-ins from Patreon friends, Michael E. Mac and um, Leon, and we've got a, a new Patreon lad, Chris. He's not telling me what he thinks, but uh, I'm sure he's got strong opinions about these songs. Play us a little bit of Slates, if you don't mind, Philip. I will, yes. Says that there's been a of rant, Slates drive me bats, therefore I bait. Hey, Slates, give us a break. Sweet, sweet. Uh, Philip has his customary. Coming to you first. What do you think of Slates? Slates likes act. Well, <laughs> the first question is, is this the definitive rant? Is this of all the rants that they put down on vinyl and record? Is this the best one? It certainly is the one that he is probably most angry about at the time, isn't it? I think this is the, the Slates archetype the sort of too cool for school hipsters who were all a bunch of phonies turning up at gigs and stuff which i think we we went into last time is obviously the bee in his bonnet for this one um and i i I'd absolutely adore the music i was listening to it over and over again with the headphones on last night trying to pick out some of the finer bits of the production on it in the background like the there's some kind of backing vocal thing going on that keeps coming in, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but it just adds this little layer to the music, which is great. I I, I really like the grinding 
riff. They are just going to stick to this and fuck everybody else. That's all they're going to do for the song. Uh, I think it works really, really well. Uh, I think that there's this... Um, <clears throat> there's something that happens about 1 minute 40 into the song as well, where it's sort of... I don't know how they do it, but it becomes more intense, even though what they're doing is already really intense. His vocal seems to get a lot more ragged at that point. And and, and Mez is like some insane ringleader of the whole thing, isn't it? It's it's like he's he's like a sort of mad professor trying to sort of just add more and more crazy onto it all. Um I did pick out at, at four minutes ten. Does he say male Sassanak? It doesn't say it's an annotated fall, but I swear to God he says male Sassanak, whatever that means. Um, um English guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that's that's what that means, but I'm not quite sure why a male Sassanak is is so. It's not female. <laughs> it's hard to say these days, isn't it? Um, and then I, I I just I love his vocal performance towards the end of it, where it's just getting more and more screechy. I I, I think the whole thing is is a a wonderful wonderful fall package, and I love it very much. Indeed, there's the there's little details that you talk about the layers in the background, and then there's just like one line that has reverb on the the vocals. It's just like it's there for about five seconds, and then and then disappears. Greg, what do you uh, make of the slates? Is this one you, you, you're familiar with or new to you this week? The uh, one on me this week, uh, to be honest, I've listened to it quite a lot. Um, and like Phil said, it, they've gone right. We're just going to go with this over and over again, kind of thing. And there's a couple of bits I caught myself thinking, "What's going to change here?" Even though I'd already heard it sort of three or four times earlier in the week, where it goes up and you think, "Oh, it's going to go," and it doesn't. It just goes back to where it was. And I sort of like it made me laugh really because. It tricked me, even though I knew what was coming. Um, the bit um, where that Phil said as well about um, the sort of um, kind of fake people, the ones that go to gigs and all that, um, uh, the, the line that stood out for me, which I've written down here, academic male slags ream off names of books and bands, kill cultural, cultural interest in our land. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I love that line. And, and then after that, Okay, mates. I like that. And I think okay, mates, has snuck in as well because I was in a WhatsApp group earlier this morning. I put without thinking, I put okay, mates. So I quite <laughs> like that. Quite like that as well. But yeah, I liked it. I, I, I must admit, if I was going to select a fall song to put on, I'd probably, that wouldn't be my first choice, but I didn't dislike it either. It's kept me listening. Um, and I've probably listened to it 15 times in the last week or so to familiarize myself with it. So if I didn't like it, I certainly wouldn't have done that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a new one on me, and like I said, very ranty. Uh, like you said, is it the definitive rant? I don't know, but it's um, probably uh, in my uh, his most ranty that I've heard anyway from my fall listening experience. But I enjoyed it. A bit MC Five, isn't it? <clears throat> yes, it is. I like MC Five. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a very nice one. It's um. What's interesting is that we've, you know, we, we've got all the background with it and listened to it for for years. So it's nice to have someone come new to it and especially put up against the song it's up against, which is very different from like, you know, 15 years later or whatever. And, and, and interest, always interesting to get people's views on those eras because, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the standard story is that this is the highlight. This is the high point, you know, Slate's the EP. But um, it's good to it's good to get fresh ears on it. Here's, Alistair's not got fresh ears at all. His ears are, are manky and old. But what? His ears are haunted. <laughs> what do you make? 
I've had this for bloody years, decades even. Uh, bought, bought it from Kaleidoscope Records in St. Helens for a tenner. Uh, but yeah, you, you sort of like, you all check out the annotated fall stuff, and I never do that. Never like, heard of it, I, Yeah. Well, from, what, what, from what I can get about this, it's, it's a song about roofers. Um, I, but it's got like a really nice sort of like velvety, velvet underground kind of Stooges groove to it, I think. Uh, you know, just uh, Phil mentioned MC5, like, but fucking recording's brilliant. And I uh, love the sound of the guitar and bass on it. Drum, drums could be a bit louder, maybe. Um, but yeah, the, the repetition all the way through it is fantastic. And I think that's probably where they got like a lot of the reputation for the repetition, uh, or at least the, 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 the wallowing in it anyway. But uh, yeah, just the, the production though, there's some nice little bits where they're just chucking in feedback here, there and everywhere. And it's, yeah. it's that kind of quality that, that sort of uh, really appeals to me. Aye, me too. Michael E says, I must have listened to this song more times than any other, and I still love it. I will always vote for this one, called it. And it's got to be a strong contender for getting to the final and winning. Not if you talk like that, Michael, with people like this in the room. You probably voted out as a spite. <laughs> Lyric wise, one of the bits I enjoy is when Mez sings, knocks over your drink and then buys exact amount spilt, which must have been something that happened to him and pissed him off. Um, yeah, I Mez is just right out of the traps, just great. He 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 makes this, but it's also the music, yeah, like everyone said so far, absolutely amazing. Like a twangy but distorted and angry riff and that that mechanical snare. Um and you know, doing that deep dive into Roman Total, uh this is where they just got rid of the story, the narrative, the silliness, and it's just bleak, dark. Evil Britain, and uh, it's almost—it's all—it's a bit like one of his bully songs, though, isn't it? When he's picking on one person in particular, and it's like, "I'm gonna throw everything I've got at these cretins." <laughs> shit on your shoes, you shitty shoe bastard! <laughs> it's a there's a cheeky Riley break and a little break in there that does give you a little bit of relief, which. I don't. I would prefer it without it. I know we were saying we wanted some kind of break and change, but I think they just needed that riff, proper noise-ish, just go for it from start to finish. And then the only real punctuation or whatever is that drum roll or that snare roll that goes into um, when they come out of the break back into the, the main riff. Interestingly, though, that, that break that they use is actually used several times in the songs this week, isn't it? It's that back into the riff again. It's like, it's a very Riley-esque break, I'm going to call it. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think someone's having a good go with the keys in the background and it really works. But it, um, again, it seems like the mix, there's lots of things going on. And yeah, I, I got Stoogie. Um and yeah, those lyrics, brilliant. Break the slates for Christ's sake, male slugs. Knock over your drink, pay for a correct amount spilt. Always out of date in the fine light of day they have to face. Well, I can't give a definition. The consequences of the plagiarism. Uh, obviously, Mark Smith never won to uh, borrow anything from anybody else. But as I say, as we may have mentioned in the past, it's how you do it. It's not what you do. It's okay to lift entire riff, riffs, maybe even entire sets of lyrics. But if you do it with the right spirit, it's not really plagiarism. What does uh, Discuss Jew think? Tony Timothy Twatwa has bellowed the following through the darkness of the chasm into your earlobes. <laughs> he has said, 
Uh, Slag site. I've always thought it's a bit of a weaker version of CNC with some delightful screeching. And mm. I think that stands on further consideration. Maybe the weakest bit of slides overall, but still a good bash. Boo. The ash, thirst, you lad. In the cold, nearly old Scar Jamaican dawn, dead publisher's son, our material hardship pawns, the beat, wah, heat, med, male slags. It's just great. The lyrics from start to finish are, are brilliant. Um, Max said, Bricks talks about hearing this track changed her life and it's pretty epic. Layers of feedback and vocal open, overdubs. There's a bit where 520 where Craig shifts the guitar, which sounds great, and is told off on record by Mark. Maybe that maybe that was the, where the Sassanac thing was. A perfect balance of repetition and chaos. And then Leon, our friend from the Jumble Sale lands as top class, obnoxious, relentless, riffery with loads of interesting texture and detail. Kind of does the opposite of prog in that it becomes more dynamic the more reined in it becomes. And yeah, um, in terms of the definitive rant, yeah, if you consider how many songs he has a dig at people who lack integrity and, and are, uh, you know, surface level chauvinistic um and not that he ever was that, but uh, uh, surface level and um, and fake. And um, he, um, I think for me, this is the definitive rant on that on that particular topic. Anything else to add, gentlemen? <laughs> Did you mention Josh. like in the lyrics, "Wah heat"? Yeah, yeah, he he has his specific got and, and I, apparently I do it Pete Wiley. <laughs> Pete Wiley. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, it was the mighty war. Well, um, this heat as well, which would be strange if he was having a go at this heat. I don't know if that's. Yeah, that um... could set a lads. Yeah, and, and, and not. And, How and does it stop I... him having a go at them now, does he? No. <laughs> Maybe it's war beat because he does have a go at the beat. And uh, there's some suggestion that he'd got that C81 tape. You know, there's a C86, a jangly yeah. tape, and a yeah. C81. A C81 that adds stuff like war. And the beat and the specials, and um, he he had a go uh, at a few of them. So he must have just got that tape free with the enemy and decided they were all his enemies now. Um, <laughs> whatever. Has he has any has he any history with Pete Wiley? Has he have they ever anything no, ever? Not really as far well? as I know, but but um, both Cope and uh, Ian McCulloch, who were you know same scouse scene, um, yeah. both both had. Um, were both roadies or some form of that in the early days of the fall. So so specifically, there's specific references in early fall songs to Julian Cope and, and Ian McCulloch. But uh, right. I know this is the first time he's uh, that uh, that that man has come onto his uh, radar. Maybe the only one. I don't think. Yeah, as far as I know, no interaction. Because it's written. Sorry, let me speak over there. It's written like the band name with the exclamation mark. Well, yeah, yeah. in in the I read anyway. Uh, uh, I met Pete White actually. He was all right. Yeah, I'm sure he's a nice chap. Some good, some good stuff. Browdy, yeah. Browdy, and Browdy, who was uh, another one of the Wiley kind of cohorts, produced uh, the Fall, a couple of Fall records. So they they'll have been in in and out and around each other. But uh, obviously, right. Wiley it's didn't, like the didn't Eric annoy. Scene, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They played Eric yeah. for a good chunk of time. So um, obviously, Wiley didn't do enough to annoy him to to pop up until. He had the audacity not to like, appear on in the enemy. Not like Ian McShane. <laughs> no, and Mo McShane gets gets it, doesn't he? In the um, in the next one, 
And not without uh, good cause, like Joy. Lots of people get it in the next one. Oh, quite yeah. A few. <laughs> uh, yeah. He goes from the gen general to the specific as we get to the second song. So that's a good maidly ass segue. Next up, we have a past gone mad off the infotainment scan. What was that, 92? Something like that? No, a bit later than that, was Three, it? 93. My favorite story about this song is I think and and I think I said last time right I messaged Dave Bush Hunky Sai sent me in Dave Bush's direction and, and uh, he got back to me and he's interested he said he'd be happy to drop by so that would be brilliant that would um, be great because this is a yeah. this is a Dave Bush as far as I can see this is almost entirely a Dave Bush construction although there's some nice guitar there I, I think Craig this is one of the few where the other members of the band kind of get a, a bit of a looking but. Um, my favorite song is that they. My favorite story is I think Steve Anley said this. They were going around to stick to Dave Bush's house and they'd record a bunch of stuff. Steve and because it was a it was a four piece at this time. It's like the smallest the band basically ever got. Um, they went around to to Dave Bush's house and they'd record a bunch of songs and put them on a tape and send them over to Mark or like Dave had to drive to his house and give him the tape or something. And he, like I think he they sent him a full tape and he and he crossed out every single one except for one that he just put passable in brackets after the <laughs> like Pascal man passable and that was it. That was the only one. Um, that was his feedback for, for Dave and Co. And then that's that got onto the thing and then that became the chorus passable passable. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Al, what do you reckon to this one? Um. For the infotainment scan, it's, it's it's not a bad one. Like you know, was it a single? This don't know. I don't think so. No, Let me think check. So. It's one of those that did really well in the festive fifty at the time. Like because um, I do remember like uh, infotainment scan. So like there was like four songs, maybe five that sort of like made it into the festive fifty. Uh, but yeah, it's not my favourite. Um, and it's it's kind of like it's slagging off like uh, you know people who. So like uh, you know, living in the past kind of shit. So look so back it's more because I, I watched the indoor league this morning before I did this. So I was enjoying the cheese skittles despite being vegan. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's all right. Are you vegan, Al? Oh, are you vegan? Yeah, are you vegan? vegan? Because there's a there's a there's a, there's a cliche I'll, 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 that I'll vegans are over. always banging on about it, but I never hear that with you. No, you can't. I, I, I just so keep it quiet, like you know. Um, but yeah, the the, um, the, the the vocal delivery on it's great. Uh, I, I love the timing of what he's doing. Um, in yeah, you can you can pick up on a couple of lyrics, spangles, you know, spangles. So I think the look back boys thing in this one for I get the sense that if you think about the year it was coming out in, this was like the loaded J Brown era, and a lot of. And a lot of looking back at the seventies, particularly in, in crimpling shirts and trumpets of a goalpost, and it was all kind of like 
romanticizing that kind of era. And I get the feeling because of the, the specific, yes. But anyone remember Space Hoppers? You remember Space Hoppers? Anyone remember? What's that one? What's that Stu Francis one that you love? Yeah. So all of that. So I think that's what he was having a dig at. And it, it was a bit yeah. bad, wasn't it? Some people Man, still do remember it. Remember berries. That's what the South Park thing is, isn't it? Right. I've seen that the uh the member berries. Did anybody remember BMXs? I remember BMXs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of low hanging fruit at this point, but what are you saying there? Just when Phil said, Do I remember that on South Park? I said, I've either seen it or I've seen Phil do it before. He's got his classics as Phil. But uh, Greg, what do you reckon to this this track? Really like that one. Really, really like it. I think it's dead atmospheric. I love the high energy of it. Um, I've read up a little bit on the annotated fall, which, as we've already said, it's an attack on nostalgia. Um, and there's quite there's quite a few people he has a dig at, including Peter Gabriel and you too. Um, and I particularly like if I ever end up like you two, <laughs> slit my throat with a garden vegetable. It really made me laugh. I thought that's a brilliant line. And the bit about um. Why is Peter Gabriel always following us? <laughs> uh, like the idea that he just won't go away, which I quite like. Um, but it said on it said on the on the on the website Peter Gabriel's career had like a ten year hiatus or something the year after this the year after this song came out, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah, I I I loved it. Uh, really, really like it. I think it's a total contrast to the sound of um, Slates. Um, it's kind of a lot more polished and. Melodic. I love the guitar sound on it. Um, yeah, great. Probably, um, probably my favourite of the of the six we were looking at on this. Nice. Loved it. Really, really like it. It is one that gets uh, for that era, which is not a lot of all fans' favourite era. That was when they were on yep. a major label, and it went it it went to kind of electronicy kind of stuff. And um, that is one of the ones that gets cited, and it is it is great. I'm going to play a bit of the. Heel session version, which is a bit um, I think the synths are a bit cleaner. It's the 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 album version's still got a little bit of a I don't really like to describe it, but it's it's kind of a little bit the, murky. The, the synths are the synths are cleaner on the peel one, aren't they? But it, they also bring the guitars forward a bit more as well. It's got a yeah. bit more of that live feel to it, hasn't it? And like, just I just one of the sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll wait you to put that on. No, I was just gonna say apparently the the title. I don't know if the Pascal Mads a recognised phrase or not, but apparently the title comes from a Spider-Man comic from the 70s. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, Doctor Doom, team up. Um, yeah, he's, he's a couple where he refers to a few comics, but um, yeah. He refer to that one a few times. Yeah, potentially that particular issue a couple. So, you know, he was a poor lad. He didn't have a lot of, uh, didn't have a lot of comics. Just found it before. There we go. Which one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh. 
my throat with a god or two. And if I ever end up like I am off. Try and find that riff. Down, 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 down. Brendan is available for birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Exactly. Yeah. I've actually found another version right. uh, of it, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, go for it. That one's got that nice started. little almost acid house stuff at the beginning that's that's not on the album version. <laughs> <laughs> have, right. you, have you heard this one? This version, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> my mate Rob is uh, turned me on to it. Press the triangle. Thing. Press the triangle, mate. It's... Triangle? <laughs> Press the fucking triangle. Uh, Oh, that's something else, isn't it? That's something else, yeah. isn't it? Neil Peart, rest in peace. But um, whatever. Is that, no, but nobody's asked, said anything yet. Phil, you've not told Probably. us what, what you think of a past gone mad. I haven't. Uh, but I did wonder, is that Peter Gabriel a reference to something else, maybe? Is it? Is it? I, I wondered if that was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment about something else, about who, like a who song. Know, that... Who knows whether he's whether he was just on the telly at the time, because they, they supported you too. <laughs> they did that gig at Ellen Road with you too, the only kind of stadium show, I think, that they ever the played. Fall, it. Yeah, the Fall supported. The Fall supported you the, too. The Fall supported you too. <laughs> On the um in 1987 at Ellen Road, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll have been that have been you two were massive as well. That'll have been like Joshua Tree era. Oh yeah, he, later now. Was eight, eight, don't know. No, who was? Don't know who who they were playing with. No details are scant. Can see <laughs> <laughs> Leeds live. Remember Leeds. Remember Leeds United's epic night hosting Bono and you two and Marky Smith. Yeah, it was the Joshua Tree album. Good call there. Yeah. Um, but we well, do I... know Gavin Gavin Friday's best mates with Bono. And he, and he was um yeah, Gavin Friday's a good, good childhood friend, I think, of Bono. Did they, I was gonna say that they come from the same place. I think so. Yeah. Um so at least something I, was could have gonna, came out of it. I was I was gonna take this down the Dave Bush route, to be honest with you. It's I, I was um I've been fairly critical of the Dave Bush contribution so far in the fall, but this one I really like. And I, I one of and the that's things nothing that to do with him coming on in a few weeks. No, well, this is to do with the fact that I knew it was 1993 when you asked, because I thought, what else came out at this time? And I did a bit of a compare and contrast. And at the same time, you've got the shamed men bringing out forever people as a as a single. Yeah, yeah. And so I listened good. back to that and. It's like the production is so much better on this that, okay. because I think it, it rewards the really, it's got really busy production on it, hasn't it? And it's like, he's not, he's he's working the desk, he's doing little bits. There's only one thing I don't really like about the song and that's that stupid laughing after he makes the Ian McShane line and comes on at the end. It's like, it's a bit too acid for my sort of taste, that kind of production. But <laughs> the rest of it, I, I really quite liked. And it's, um, I do... I, it's worth listening to the Peel version all the way through, like I said, for the different mix with the live instruments on the song, which I think is quite good. And it also reminded me of the ongoing conversation we got about Little Wonder with David Bowie and, and watching David Bowie change into a drum and bass act, or not, as the case may be. And then you've got The Fall doing this, like about four or five years before David Bowie is doing that and smashing it. 
you know, like really knocking it out of the park with something interesting that still stands up. It's not the best of the electronic stuff that Mercury Smith's involved in or even that the fall are involved in, but it still fucking stands up and it's it's a, still a decent tune. So I really, really liked that about it. And um, just <clears throat> using Passable as a hook in a way that it really genuinely becomes a hook in the song and I can't stop singing Passable in my head. No, every time I get the opportunity to say it, I am singing it out loud. So it's just another instance of Mackie Smith knitting a hook out of absolutely nothing into a, into a pop song. I think it's his songwriting is absolutely phenomenal. It really is. Indeed. Uh, Leon says... Um, one of the tracks were aficionados plump for the sessions and live versions, which I get as the band sounds clearer without being overwhelmed by electronics and overdubs. However, I'm going to put in a word for the studio version as an OG 93 junglist. Now, there is that break. The break beat is definitely more prominent in the studio version. Um, and uh, I'm sure there well, were... I was going to... Uh, the other thing I was just going to add to that as well about the mix is that <clears throat> they've got the only bit you can hear in the recorded version of of the guitars really is that anthemic kind of motif that starts yeah. building up in the background and it is interesting if they were sort of playing with stadium bands at about this time whether they were thinking that that was a route that might be open to them or having some of those in the in the back pocket to uh to, to play in those bigger gigs I that, guitar, that guitar if you're talking about that really reminds me of bernard sumner uh, yes. you know, like, yes, like low life theme, new order kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I was listening to El 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 Gear, is it or El Gear? Yeah, whatever. that's that's that one. They were ripping off Morricone. Yeah, yeah, but it's that kind of anthemic big guitar line, isn't yeah. it? But it's, it's simple, but it's it's played with a big production on it. I, I also wonder whether you know Craig by that point had played with so many different styles, but finding his way around that i mean we always talk about mez like no matter what music was under him he could find a way to make a melody or make a hook or get his voice across um craig suffered a bit in this era we've talked about that before he's not as present from this point on and he didn't stick around that much longer either but um yeah th maybe that was his way of trying to make sure that the guitar was audible and then yeah you see the peel session tracks where it's a little bit more meaty and that's also not really what he does either so i wonder really whether he was um comfortable you with happy. that yeah, yeah. you're very happy he is playing at this moment in time don't the nuremberg thing it was just following orders well a little bit <laughs> yeah but also kind of you, you 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 can have two reactions to that type of thing you can either become more creative with your limitation or it can stagnate your creativity can't it and you just end up playing whatever you just whatever the first thing to fall out you could tell yeah but yeah the... and it's like and when you hear on that peel version when he's playing the chunky power chords it's like rock music and they're not a rock but well they will be one in the last last iteration sure, but yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're not a rock band at this point really is um that the 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 riffage that he was bringing yeah I think Steve Hanley though said I think it was on Old Brother where he was really happy. He said he really he, he really enjoyed that stuff in that period where it was just the three of them uh, just sitting together and making tracks because I don't think they'd worked that way really before. A lot of it was bring all right, we're doing another album, bring in what you've got, but just the three Craig, Steve, and, and Dave Bush sitting there and, and knocking out a bunch of tunes. He seemed to think that was a really good time for him in terms of the music. So. Yeah, never know. Max said, I, I'd love a spangle right now. 
Uh, Ian McShane, Peter Gabriel, what did they do to deserve this? Lolling at that twat from point of view from the Mark Goodyear version on that annotated fall, which I normally avoid looking at, I'm sure. That would make... <laughs> we all do. We all do, Max. None of us look at that. That would that would make it onto my fall do rave album, TMF. <laughs> yes, very good. And we've talked about this before. I think Leon brought it up at some point about a fall rave or a fall electronic, and we have set out the challenge to uh, to bring that. So, yeah. You know, do it, do it, Max. Let's hear that. We'll we'll do a segment on it if uh, if such a thing happens. If Max, if Max does an all electronic fall thing, we should do a special on that. I'd I'd, I'd be well up for doing a full episode on that. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm actually not a big fan of this era. The song is okay and I like it, so it's probably one of the better ones for infotainment. But it hasn't a chance against Slates. Hasn't a chance against Slates. That's what Michael E says. Somebody's not been paying attention. <laughs> um, yeah, is that everyone now? That's everyone, isn't it? Shall we have a ball? No, sure. no, it's not. What does Disco, <clears throat> what is it? What are we calling him these days? Tim Six, uh, uh, Minky Binky, what? It's Minky Pinky. It's Minky Pinky says one of the most successful dance for us, and I like it more with time. Quite unique for being quite polished and sounding like relatively normal single material. If very densely layered. I love the almost rap bits. Really good shit. Really good shit. So maybe it has a chance after all. Um, well, he's, in ele- he's in an electronic mood at the moment, isn't he? His old invisible stew. Oh, he's making some beautiful stuff. Keep going, stew. Love it. But time for a vote. Um, Pip, which way are you going? I cannot vote against Slates. I can't do it. It's against my religion. All right. I think Greg's played his hand already, but what, which way are you going, Greg? That's gone mad for me. All righty. Um, Alistair? I'll go with the slags. Fair enough. Um, both you too, Ma- well. Michael, <laughs> Michael and Max have both gone for uh, the slates. Um, what was... What was uh, yeah, what has he gone for? Hmm, he has said, has gone mad. Interesting. And I think Ezra, as much as they like slates, being a contrarian, probably... Would have thrown his hat in for uh, Pascal Mad, but he's not here anyway. I'm going for Slates. So Slates wins. Uh, uh. Pascal Mad. <laughs> it's a nice tune. It's a nice tune. It's a nice tune indeed. But next up, we have two Librans. Another one with us. Big Cods up against All Gang. Let's have a listen to two Librans. There were two Librans set on a hill and a wall. Always exited to the easy gates. Exits are two years to be perfect. What did she study, Phil? She studied bees, Matt. She did study bees. That's correct. For well, one point. Um, <laughs> Greg, what do you what do you make of uh, Tuli Brands? Like it. I like it. Love the bees bit. Um, Oprah Winfrey, though, not a Libran. Incidentally, she's Aquarius. Um, yes, I like it. 
it reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you've ever heard, um, he did uh, a cover of Now I Want to Be Your Dog with a Clint Bowen experience, and it reminded me of that quite nice, a lot, yeah. um, which, I, to be honest, until I heard this, I forgot existed. Um, it reminded me of that. I like it. Other two Librans, I also read that they might be Nico and Jackson Brown. I don't know what whether that's accurate or not, because apparently they are referenced in a book from 1993 where they are referred to as two Librans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like, um, again, I like I like the melodic guitar. It, it, it's, it's, I know you've said about not a rock band, but that's definitely a rocky song. Oh, yeah, I yeah think. this is not. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a flip through the album as well, uh, The Unutterable, and I love Dr. Buck's letter. I know we're not here to talk about that, but um, when he talks about Pete Tong, really, really like that. Um, just jumping off the point a bit. But yeah, Two Librans definitely really liked it. Love the Opera Winfrey bit. I don't know, is that just, what does that mean? She studied bees? Because as far as I know, because I had a little Google, I don't think Opera Winfrey's done anything with bees, has she? Or has she? He knows things is... we don't. <laughs> he must do. <laughs> must... Not the critter. Be suspicious of the Winfrey. She knows things. Yeah. yeah. We've mentioned that, that line. There is, one, there's right? a gif, I think, where uh, I'm not quite sure where it comes from, but you know the whole everybody gets a home thing. It's that, but it's overlaid with a swarm of bees, and it just says everybody gets bees. That, that's bees. years later, though. That's a lot later right. than this. Yeah, oh, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, quite recent. Didn't she do the? Didn't she play the voice of a bee in Bay Movie as well, Oprah Winfrey? Possibly. I'm not Maybe. Sure. I, I don't, but again, that that'll have been ten or more years after. Oh yeah, yeah. This think. is this is early days. This is two. What is it? Two thousand. This precog, of course. Yeah. So this is um this is off the unutterable, which is two thousand. So basically, it's a it's a totally new band. Like all of the all of the people that have been around for twenty odd years had all gone at this point, and um it's it's a really. The guy, the lad who plays guitar, is Neville Wilde, and he only did a couple of albums, but he's, he's really good, especially on this one. And there's quite a few tracks that are proper muscly rock. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great album. Um, Sons of Temperance, we, we've we've talked about, um, <clears throat> and Cyber Insect, um, and, of course, Dr. Mm. Buck's Letter, which uh, I'm calling it. Yes, Greg, I'm with you. It's going to go a long, long way. Yeah. Um. No, just I really like it. I like the guitar sound, I like the different guitar lines that come up in it as it goes along. Um, yeah, it's a def- really good, really yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah, the, the opera bit as well. I like fun, fun stuff. Great, punchy tune from a newly revitalized force, as Michael Lee. The Unutterable was a really special LP, and this is one of the best ones on it. While Max says crunchy bass lines, menace in the verse, but the chorus quite flat and generic. Anyone else getting into stellar overdrive? I hadn't thought that, but I could, I can kind of see. I've written that down. It's like a simplified, a simplified uh, in stellar overdrive. Yeah, very good. Nice. I never thought of that. I can totally see it. I can totally see that. Let's have a listen to Stella Overdrive. Who is that, Rolling Stones? <laughs> Pissed <Okay. laughs> I I think one of our songs um, that we did in the album uh, ripped off in Stella Overdrive as well, Phil. Which, <laughs> which one? Which... There's a few there. <laughs> you might be able to point out. <laughs>
It's a great tune. I love them. Love them all. The Beatles stuff. Big fan. Here is um, two Librans sat on a hill and one was always ex exiting to the east gate. Exit to two years to be perfect. Two Librans reflect. Two Librans high and low in mind. The Muggins dreft as a soldier. Nelson and Timor. Tolstoy and Chechnya. The miracles on a blonde September. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's top, top draw stuff, isn't it? What do you think, Phil? What I ask you? I do. I was I was staring at the lyrics myself the other night, trying to make Ed a tale of it. It's they're, they're beautifully abstract, aren't they? And it's like he's 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 not sort of staying on anything long enough for you to piece it together what he's what he's actually saying. But it fits great. It's it, do you know what? It actually reminded me of um, this U two song that they did for Batman. Is it "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me"? Yeah. And that's got a similar kind of chuggy kind of riff to it, uh, and a similar <laughs> studio sound as well. It's I, I can't remember sort of what year that came out, but five um, on it was on Batman Forever. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it the 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 whole studio set of the band. Hey, up, we're in for a treat. You do that on a guitar, it sounds like Interstellar Overdrive. <laughs> so you just like it. Um, <laughs> I think if it wasn't for the lyrics, this song would be incredibly pedestrian. But because of the lyrics and because the music's quite. The music is much more accessible than the words are. I think it all comes together quite nicely. Um, I think it's. I, I, I must admit, the first half of the song, I was wondering where the bass was, and then it, it really comes in towards the second half of the song. So I, I thought they played that quite well as well, because it's, it's the type of song that needs to be getting more intense as it goes along. Otherwise, it'll it'll just peter out, isn't it? It's, that's that kind of rock mentality that you need. But um, I think this is really good. It's 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 a it's a it's a latter stage classic, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. On this one. Danny wouldn't like you calling it latter stage. 2000, mate. Come on. Mid-period. Okay, mid-period. Consistent verse. And I think that that's, I really like that kind of like prodding verse that then just turn into a, a kind of menacing chorus, which I will give, Max, is is, is a somewhat generic, but I do uh, I do kind of like it. I, I think there's a lot of propulsion in there and there's some nice patches going on in the background. Um, what the, did you think of the video? So that video is Pascal Legrand, right? And um, we... Again, we've been chatting to, and hopefully he'll come on in a few weeks mm -hmm. to to tell us uh, about his take on the cool. fall stuff. And and the, if you noticed the the channel it was on was Invisible Girl Records, which is Julia Adamson yeah. label. Yeah. So I had a little dive into it. It's quite a nice channel to have a flick for. Yeah. She's got some interesting stuff on there, and uh, hopefully she'll drop by one day as well. Love. Well, love I wondered if it was. I wondered if it was the invisible invisible girls tinkling on the ivories that you can hear at the end of this track. Actually, I was uh, was watching some stuff the other week on Kanye West's uh, "Beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy" album, and he does the runaway one where he has that keyboard thing, and it was like this is the kind of thing that Kanye would sample turn into. Uh, <laughs> he sampled "Can Why Not the Fall." You know, were they sample Canon? Uh, Drunken Hot Girls. He, he sam sampled Damo Suzuki. We asked him about it when he came on. There's his uncle, Drunken Hot Girls, where he, where he samples um, uh, Sing Swan Song by Can. And, uh, oh, is it? Oh, right. Ruin, I'm ruins it. I, you know, I like some of his stuff, The Mad Bastard, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's a genius. He's a genius. He keeps telling you. <laughs> he does keep telling us. Um, enough. 
everything so but there's nice, some nice patches going on in the background as well as that tinkling piano and i think um julia adamson's brought some nice stuff there but it's the meaty guitar that really steps up and um and, and, and please come on julia we love you please come on exactly but and uh and smith's on top form there and it's a nice twangy bass um it's not hanley he's gone by that point but um i think it's a chap adam halal played on, on those two um Lay on decent grungy bass, war bees, blonde September, super enigmatic hip. Yeah, the annotator fall goes to town on this, especially to um, the idea of blonde September that people dug deeply into um, allusions to terrorist organizations of the PLO and all kinds of stuff. But that's that's what it's for, and we love them as well. So just keep digging deep into. Uh, stuff that's not there and we'll keep regurgitating it for cash um anyway what does um anyone else think of that that's all right you know <laughs> all right, that, I've, I've, I've asked you already have some, no i've not tommy oh, no no you start getting some of the tommy cooper uncle peter type vocals coming in which is good uh but yeah it's quite a polished production but right they, they have been a bit sort of stale for years i thought right, right about that point and um, it, it was a return to form for me uh, on Notterable. Uh, it was Liebens. a bit of a comeback album, wasn't it? Yeah, Two Librans is a decent, uh, really decent song, right? And a good single. We'll have to agree to disagree, Alistair, because either Marshall, Sweet and Levitate are great albums for me, but they, I will give you that they're messy and not particularly great in, in a form. Actually, I don't mind them, too. But they're very <laughs> different. They're very different. Again. Yeah, like you, like you, syndrome. It feels like it's a return to form, and until you look at the previous albums, um, like you, syndrome wasn't. Uh, they didn't cover themselves in glory with that one, I don't think. Uh, hey, Pep, Cheatham Hill, all right, Succession <laughs> Man, the Coliseum, um, just a Yeah, exactly, all that stuff. Now I think that's no, we don't think so. No. Go on, what do you think? This is a shambles this evening, isn't it? We Be should sad. Any weeks off. I said, what we're we doing again? Who's the fall? Who's um, the fall? So Stu's part throbs along beautifully, although I like the electronic stuff more than the riffage, which is a bit pedestrian. A compelling number overall. All right. <clears throat> Very good. Brilliant. Um, next up is um, what I, I'd like to take the next hour or so to read the first chapter of, of Camus' novel, The Fall, if that's okay. Uh, chapter one. May I, monsieur, off my services without running the risk of intruding? I won't continue. In an Andy Kaufman-esque um, <laughs> self-destructive path. Anyway, that was all good, Where wasn't it? Where are you going with that, then? <laughs> some time, I just thought this episode might go short. Uh, next, it's up against Old Gang Off Levitate, an album that, that Alistair has gone on record as thinking is shit. Yeah. Sorry, all. Oh, it's not happy YouTube today. All those people, or, right? You know, like proper people have integrity. When they do things like this, they're always playing their vinyl. They say, I play it on vinyl. Really? What have you got on vinyl? You burnt all yours down, Alistair, a few years ago. Oh, no, I didn't burn the vinyl down. It's just me, uh, me DVDs. <laughs> the rest of your house. Yeah. Well, look at it, your notes right now. English scheme, old ambulance siren. Eat your dope. A poem set to punk. Strummy, strummy, and snoop. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it is.
corner to a first flag And I look up, I look up, I look up, I look around In my headphones, it sounds like fucking uh, the Smurfs. <laughs> it doesn't sound anything like <laughs> the track of Earth. So like, it's ridiculous. It's Um, brilliant. I really like this. The, the more I've listened to it, like the first few times when it when it came round, um. I hadn't listened to it for years when it when we listened to it in round one, and uh, that those lines those I know people have said that is is an homage to Ted Chippington, but no, it's just him with some very very lazy lyrics walking down the street. Just the other night, I turned a corner to a fist fight. That ruined it for me. That ruined it for me last time round. But this time. <clears throat> I'd got more into the music and it's just noisy and dirty and grimy and everything's detuned. And um and then Smith <coughs> ruins, it, ruins it with his improvisations. Um but the the music itself is really interesting. It's and really noisy. Um yeah, I liked it, but I don't can't quite get over the fact that they just turn the turn the volume down and Smith just come blasting in with them with proper generic lazy stuff. I want to really, really, really want a zigazig. Ah, what? Um... <laughs> Alistair, do you love all gang off Levitate? That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I, I really like the word that uh, well, the keys are dead good on it. Um, but it sounds like they've left the, the metronome uh setting on the keyboard or, uh and the that kind of shit really appeals to me. Uh, but you've got like, some like, nice, noisy guitar on there. Never listen to the lyrics, as you know, uh, apart from the odd one or two. But delivery's uh, all right, isn't it? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a spirited little tune. Uh, well done, Julia. Um, I remember meeting you in Wigan once, Alistair, when you had about 50 vinyl records in your arms that you'd just bought in the charity shop. Like, Look at this here. There's all those Top of the Pops compilations. And <laughs> Loads of mistakes in here because they have to do it first time because they only got an hour in the studio. They have to do it. It's like That was oh, that was the, the band I saw in Tawara. <laughs> There's about five volumes of that. And it was Loads really, of mistakes. Really Loads of mistakes. Bum <laughs> notes and everything. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Michael E, it's the same music track played twice. And notice that first instrumental, then with vocals. The music sounds fantastic, but Pez's vocals are too loud. Yes, I did notice. I think this track was mishandled a bit, but the excellence of the music still shines through. I'm with you, Michael. Very good. Greg, what about this one for you? I imagine it's the first time you've come across it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've not heard this before. I've listened to it a few times this week. Um, it's not for me, if I'm honest, this one. I didn't love it. Um, it was a bit too sort of ramshackle and kind of inaccessible for me and i have i have given it a chance i've listened to it quite a few times i don't at work yesterday somebody came in to talk to me i had to turn it off because i couldn't concentrate um <laughs> <laughs> so i have to stop you there get rid of this um but yeah it's no it, it reminded me as well have you ever seen driller killer yeah okay the band did driller the band killer. Killer. You know the you know the band that plays downstairs that's sort of like <laughs> declining sanity. It reminded me of that, um, 
I just I, nah, I, I couldn't get away with it really. I I looked at a little bit on the um on the lyrics uh, again. It was on the annotated fall, and it it, it seemed to suggest it was um kind of a reference to the old song. Um, I can't remember the exact title. Something about getting married, breaking up the old gang, something like that. But instead of a marriage breaking up, it's due to corporate work or something <laughs> like that. I don't know if that's correct or not, but that's 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 what we'll it said know. on there. And we'll never know. It does. It does mention something about um, I haven't written the lyrics. Something about management or something like that in in there. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it wasn't. I'm I, I must admit it was it wasn't for my ears to be <laughs> to be honest. Well, that's the thing. It's um, it, it, they'll test you through the years. This is I'll read you Max's because he he talks about this a bit. When Levitate came out, I was already on thin ice with Contemporary Fall. The first track, Ten Houses of Eve, killed them for me. He sounded so fucked. I should have stuck with it because of this track, along with Quartet of Doc Shanley, won me back several years later. Still, probably would have been better as an instrumental. Instruments drone and oscillate wildly. That's rough. And when he goes mm, discordant, yeah. it's an incredible rush. Then the vocals come in, too prominent as usual, with the walking down the street just the other night and break the spell and i do get it but we've had our things about like yeah of course it's still a false song of smith doesn't sing but it's not is it so he does have to do something but he could he didn't have to come in with his doc martins on stepping all over everybody um pip you love this stuff you already told me you know what I, when i was when i was uh prepping for this week i i, I remember thinking to myself oh old gang we slated this one for some reason i can't remember why and then i put it on and the first two minutes of the music why. is just exquisite it's just but it's great it, i love the way it's pieced together i think um Julia is 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 doing amazing stuff. I wondered if Mez was the one plonking on the piano because it sounds a little bit ham-fisted, the, the playing, but all the better for it. Everything's kind of in the red to uh, to do an allism. Um and then I, I've I've had the same internal dialogue going on that you've just repeated about is it a false song if Mez isn't on it? So he has to do something to turn it into a Mez song. But what he didn't have to do is walk onto the centre of stage, drop his kecks and curl one out. He <laughs> properly drops one in the punch ball, doesn't he? While, while everybody is top notch. And it's like, it's such a Mez fucking thing to do that, isn't it? It's like bonkers in Phoenix all over again or... One of those other songs where it's he he just there's a perfectly good song and for some reason he just decides to get a felt tip pen and scribble draw a big knob on it or something it's like <laughs> I, I, I it's it's something that happens every now and again in the fall life cycle isn't it so you just have to accept it it's just frustrating when it's over such a great piece of music. Because I was thinking a few times, thinking to myself, I wonder if this would be better as an instrumental. I'm not sure it would be, annoyingly. <laughs> it wouldn't be a fall song, would it? It would just be, well, I've been listening to a lot of neo-crowd rock stuff. There's quite a lot of bands knocking around doing that stuff at the moment. And and there's a lot of really good stuff. White Hills is a band that I've been listening to quite good at the moment. And I saw them about three years ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And um, was- I... I this is this is better than any of that Noi Kraut that's knocking around at the moment musically. <laughs> fucking walking down the fucking street. Come on, Mez. Come on. Yeah. Up. There's um I just had a look on the Danny's flickering lexicon 
thing um, where it's a concordance, right? Where he's got all of the all of the words that the fall have used, and uh, I was gonna. <laughs> there's a lot of walking. Actually, it appears sixty times across the uh, different um, songs. Uh, they walk around, leering at young girls in packs. They cannot say we cannot walk the floor at night in peace. Walk snake back. Look what happens when I walk up to somebody. I took a walk down West Eleven. Um, <clears throat> an, an episode on walking would be very good. Alistair, you like walking, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I like cycling as well. Biathlon, isn't it? What about um, Disco Stu? He's got no time for this, has he? He fucking hates walking. Um... <laughs> well, I was right. mostly referring to the song because um, I heard that he got some new robot legs. <laughs> he's been trying out around he's the been, estate. He's been he's been telling people that I'm not so sure. I think he's uh, I think he's just been putting toilet rolls on the cats again. Okay, <laughs> a bit threadbare with some nice lo-fi touches. Definitely not the strongest thing on the record, and far from the worst. I don't hate it. There's that then, isn't there? That's one thing we've got. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? Um, <laughs> my favorite. Leon Olgang, my favourite from the boss levitate. It is is boss. It is boss. You're right. Scary, potentially violent, as malevolent as it was in Smile. And maybe more psychotic. It's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? But malevolent, yes. The group sounds like they're trying to steamroll a Smith while Smith openly slags off the group. Insane sense louder than anything else. The stinks of cheap booze and powders. Mesfires are cliches like I was walking in the street with so much venom. You don't laugh. Um, I'll give you all that. Fart out cliche, then. Uh, he said, um, fires out cliches, but uh, he did sort of fart them out, didn't he? But is that, uh, <laughs> is it time for a vote? I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, let's have a vote. All right. Um, Alistair, which way are you going? I'm going for the old gang. Oh, interesting. Um, how about you, Greg? Which way, old gang or two Librans? Two Librans, definitely for me. Indeed, definitely. I, no, I, no competition on that one for me, I don't think. I sensed as much. Um, yes. Philip? Well, <clears throat> I think All Gang's better musically. I think it's it's tons better musically, but mm. Two Librans is the better song, so I'm going Two Librans. It's like one of those things, like, um, I think you mentioned it, Greg, every time you listen to the song, you th- you, you hope in your heart that it's going to change, but you know you've heard it before and it's not going to, and yeah. I'm one of those with this one. I'm just like, don't yeah. sing this time. Put the bet, Billy, put the bet on this time. <laughs> It's like watching, yeah. Kez, watching he, even though there's that little element of surprise, disappointment, isn't there? I didn't do it. I did do it. Oh, all right. So you're going for two Librans, Philip. Um, Michael yes. he's gone for two Librans, as has uh, oh no, Max has gone for old gang. I'm guessing Stu has gone for two Librans. The invisible one has gone for two Librans, yes. Ah, so it's it's all uh, mathematically safe, and I am going for old gang, but it don't matter because two Librans goes through. Four to three, and uh, we are up to the final showdown, which is English Scheme versus Dice Man. Yeah. 
Ooh la la. Alistair, English scheme. Satire, yeah, the, 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 one that the line that stands out for me on this one is uh, like your so psychotic big brother. Uh, it's like, really? <laughs> I can relate to that one. Yeah, um, it's, it's really nice melodic punk, isn't it? It's a bit of a charmer, this one. Like. I love the, the keys. It's a bit of like a kind of uh, seedsy feel to it. Uh, you're getting into like you kind of like garage punk 60s sort of sound um it's dead early stuff it's it's a lot of fun um i'm not going to complain about you know if this one goes through to the, the next round at all i've got a lot of time for uh, english game good tune indeed is that uh, as you've heard before the ice cream riff where smith came in with a tape and gave it to riley and cohen said make me a song that sounds like the english lower class in summer and uh, the riff uh, emerged from uh, a, a tape recording of an ice cream van. And uh, that's... It like a roll machine or something like that by the seeds, uh, that, that kind of sound with the keys. Yeah, it's that. It's kind of like back and forth, that swaying kind of like... And it's got that nasal sound to it, which is, you know, very frank. Um, <laughs> side bottom, not zapper. Uh, gently, yeah. gently plodding... And prodding the drums, that for me is that, uh, but I think the mix is is right. Um, it's it's very mellow um, for a, a punkier kind of tune. The mix mm. is kind of muted, but I think that just lets Smith step up. And I think it's in terms of just a tightly written set of lyrics. And yes, I know we're not allowed to mention the million times I've talked about this song mm. before. I even went on, when I went on the Puritans um, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That this is the song I just talk about, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have to educate the Yanks about Alvida Saint Pet because that reference to your psychotic older brother who left home for jobs in Paris, Munich, Rome, he's thick but he ate it rich. Switch is, um, you know, for me, or, or it predates Alvida Saint Pet, but it's the same kind of idea, isn't it, of uh, <coughs> of the English bricky going off to to Europe to uh, send it's a little home for the wife to keep some here just to keep you in beer. That's living all right. Um, double time snare coming in about a couple of minutes in. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really matter what the band's doing because the the lyrics and the 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 way it is just presented is absolutely magical. But the music's beautiful as well. Um, the lower class want brass, bad chess, scrounge, fags, the commune crap, camp bop, middle class flip flop. I guess that's why they end up in bands. Peter Cook's jokes, bad dope, check shirt, fancy groups. It's the gay red roundhead army career breadhead <laughs> taking pot shots at everyone, isn't he? But um, yeah, it's spot on. It's, it's um, Ben Elton. This is this is what Ben Elton should have been writing. Um, Greg, what do you reckon to this one? Like it, I like it. Um, I think it's musically it's quite upbeat, but lyrically it's quite barbed. I would say um, some of the lyrics that I've written down, um, the ones that you've already said, he's thick but he's struck it rich, um, scrounge fags, uh, full of sort of it, it, different class kind of stereotypes and tropes. Um, it actually put me in mind of, I don't know if you agree or not, um, some of the um, jam lyrics, um, yeah. particularly from stuff like uh, Saturday's Kids and similar stuff like that from the Second Sun album era, um, where he worked right about kind of just ordinary, everyday people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a bit more listy and freeform than kind of well as lyrics, as you'd probably expect. But, um, yeah, it put me in mind of that. like the song like the tune it's a real 
it's a real jolly toe tapper, but also, as I said, quite quite barbed lyrically. So yeah, it's a good one for me. I, I enjoyed it, and it it was another one that was new new to me this week. And so I made a playlist of all six songs, which I've just had kind of on a loop. And I always went when this one started. Um, it always I was oh no, nice one. It's this one. Put, put a smile. On. Like, yeah, like it's a good one. Yeah, nice. So that album itself, grotesque. Um, it was sort of where he was really being quite lyrical with his, or quite um, tight with his lyrics. There's a, there's three or four songs on there where he's his best behaved in terms of sitting down and writing something that makes sense from beginning right. to end. And um, uh, yeah, and I, 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 the Weller thing is is good. He takes a piss out of Weller uh, pop shots throughout his career, but um, but yeah. That that kind of um, well, there's a quote here that um, uh, came from a, a, an interview with Smith. That people I'd known for years um, who would never talk to me would come up and proclaim the accuracy of this song, and prompted me to look further into English class system, the impoverished, the the advantages of being in an impoverished sub art group in England is you get to see all the different stratas of society for free. Um, Pip, we know you love this, but uh, tell us more gush for a while if you do not mind well, I, I i thought i thought of that quote actually that you've just read out was one of the first things i thought of and i was re-listening to it because i got the i got the lyrics up as i was listening to it and he he does work through each class doesn't he through the song he starts off with and barbed is a good word right because it's it, he's like that all the way through it's the uh it's the uh, every class gets what it deserves mentality isn't it and he um he's he's funny and he's honest about it all the this the the starting off with the um bad chess and scrounging fags of the lower classes and his his little lyrical trick another thing that he does in quite a few songs is this rich switch whenever he says switch it generally means that he's moving to a different point of view isn't it and he he goes from the thick psychotic older brother who's who's done all right for himself and landed on his feet somehow to the middle class uh champagne socialist who drives past derelict working class housing talking about how how the poor have it so bad in chile um i i i really liked that turn on it and then he does it again doesn't he and he goes he takes an aim at the upper classes of military families and stuff who've uh you know which reminded it reminded me of that story from the miners strike where the miner gets done poaching on somebody's land and the uh the landowners berating him and the the guy says you know well why do you own this land and he said well my father won this land in the civil war so he just puts his fists up and says well come on then <laughs> so I, uh, I, I I think I, I think that's he 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 doesn't have he doesn't have any slack for anybody does he in this song and it's all the better for it. So there is a suggestion by our friends over there on the Antid Four. I think Danny uh, again um, is suggesting that Slough by John Betjeman, um, which has a similar, although you know the the rhyme scheme is. <clears throat> The, the, the pattern is is a fairly standard one. It's not any weird uh, pattern, but he does. Um, if you read Slough, it's got it's similar kind of um, themes. Come friendly bombs and fall on Slough. It isn't fit for humans now. There isn't grass to graze a cow. Swarm over death. 
Come bombs and blow to smithereens those air-conditioned bright canteens. Tinned fruit, tinned meat, tinned milk, tinned beans, tinned mind, tinned breath. Maybe not. Morrissey does that a bit uh, every day. Exactly. You did a cover version of it for me, didn't you, once upon a time, Alistair? Did, yeah. Brilliant. A cover of what? We did a Smith's covers album and then Alistair covered um, Every Day is Like Sunday. It's brilliant. I'll play it for you. I won't play it for you, listeners, because you don't deserve that treat. But I'll play it for the rest of it when this is all done, if this is ever done. Wait till they um, hear the scat stuff. Yeah, exactly. What does our, what does our man um, over there on the internet think? Right. Well, he has barked at us a pop gem with barbs another use of the word barbs Ooh. though one of the most perfect songs they ever made the oral equivalent of the golden ratio i could listen listen to it on repeat and never lose that delighted pang <laughs> beautiful it's, it's words worth it. here <laughs> exactly i tell My you point. what i will say though for oh. fucking two minutes i know that's it's it, like it? one of the one of the things I really love about the fall is the fact that they don't. The the if a song finishes when it finishes, it finishes. Do you know what I mean? In this period of the writing, rather yeah. than uh, something later, they didn't stick to that the whole time through. But I think this period, particularly, and when they were at their wits about it, maybe it, if it needed nine that, minutes, systematic abuse, surely. Exactly. If it needs nine minutes, it gets nine minutes. And uh, this is actually longer than Diceman, which is bonkers, but. Um, it's still only two minutes long. Lyrics to this, Michael says, lyrics to this are probably one that most whirl around my head at random. Maybe the strongest fall lyric for me. Agree. A great tune as well as with the organ pushing it along. Max, jolly jaunty jingle leads to much discussion in room CHO11 regarding condescends to black men line. I'll give Mark the benefit of the doubt this time, unlike classical. Yeah, I think so too, in the sense that he's clearly... This is very much, very obviously poking fun, satirical fun at the uh, at the Tony Wilson types. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, it, it, I think one of the great things about this song is that all the satire in it still stands up now. I don't yeah. think it, much. Of it, I don't think much of it has kind of gone away. Of I, all three of those attitudes that he's describing. What year was this song from? Eighty two, I think. Eighty two, right? I think so. Um, after we'll check when Grotesque came out, but uh, about that, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and then Leon, where's he going? Leon, a team favorite of mine, used to think this was so clever in its brevity and summary of the class system, feels like a part of my DNA at this start stage beyond judgment. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, it's two minutes, it's a brilliant poem, and the fact is, there's so much other stuff that, um, uh, this like a ray of sunshine if you hit a few, there's a bit of a hard patch. And the thing is, uh, Greg, this is like your random list of six songs. If you just took 20 fall songs and made a random list, it would be it's it's always a fun journey where you will hit some 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 <laughs> old gangs and some um <laughs> but then occasionally an English scheme will 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 come through. Um yeah, yeah really yeah. enjoyed English scheme. Liked it. Sweet, sweet. Um, and there's so much to dig into, but um, hopefully we will get more chances to do that. It's up against Dragnet um, era song, Diceman. Take a chance, ma. Do you take a chance, ma?
take a chance, huh? Uh, so we don't get in too much trouble. Grotesque was 1980. Of course, uh, Hex and like was 82. So this is a bit before. Um, Dragnet, which this is from, I think is 79. Yeah. So this is the album before uh, the one that has English scheme on it. Um, yeah, Phil, what's uh, what's your take on Diceman? The Bo Diddley. <laughs> it is Bo Diddle one, isn't it? Yeah, Bo Diddley. Uh, it's I'm I don't know. I, I I don't really warm to this song, and I never really have. It's a bit too. I do. I love Dragnet as an album, but this is one of those songs like Chop Block, which uh, it's just a bit too Matt Riley, dare I say, in terms of it's a bit too. <laughs> you've, been, of... you've been copying my notes here, Phil. <laughs> well, it's it's that Skippy sort of it's yeah. Skippy punk, isn't it? It's Skippy yeah, punk it's... that he does, and it I, I, and it's it's that same sort of um, all the the breaks. There's been about three songs this week that have all got that break, which is just a sort of a semitone sort of shift on the guitar chords. Um, uh, I just there's 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 repetition and there's being fucking boring and not and not pulling out new ideas and I don't think this has any new ideas in it. It it feels a bit too much like to the numbers. I don't I think it's a bit of a it's not on the nose, but it's a really cheesy sort of reference, I think. When you when you're used to how obscure Mez is with where he's pulling stuff from and how creative he can be and how original he can be in terms of where he's pulling his references from for his music and his lyrical ideas. This is a bit... It's like if he'd done a song about Catcher in the Rye or something, isn't it? Or do you know what I mean? And just, called just it, bit... I am the Catcher in the Rye. I am the Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I don't warm to it overly, this one. And the nose is probably right. I watched this uh, Key and Peele sketch the other day where they said the, the guy from Ghostbusters, he doesn't just have that song. And then he plays <laughs> the other songs and he's like, Jumanji, there's an <laughs> elephant in my house. And it's Pretty like, good to call, Jumanji. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's very on the nose. And I, back in the day, I really did. I did like it. It was one of my favorite early kind of songs, but I, I have pretty much gone off i've said it's it seems a bit immature on smith's part and it's all a bit blur i can imagine if you if you ai'd mez for damon alborn this would fit nicely on a <laughs> park life it is from that era. Park life yeah yeah oi but i'm, I'm yeah, you know probably. i uh, i like the idea of using a dice to dictate your life as long as uh you know that's uh when they were two-faced when, it's arkham asylum is it God, yeah. I'd sorry, I talked so over yeah, well, I was just, gonna say we're, talk, we're doing, we're doing say the thing that we're talking over each other. Really, really, really annoying on podcasts when people talk over each other. Philly, what would you like to say on this subject? Go ahead. I was reminded of the scene from Futurama where mm. Lena tries to say that she's impulsive and spontaneous, and Fry says, You're not impulsive, I'm impulsive, and then pours cereal on his head and eats the cereal off his head. And that becomes the standing joke for how you define what impulsiveness is all the way through the episode, where he just keeps pouring cereal on his head and eating it. And then I, I kept thinking about it with this song, as in, like, what if what if one of the options on his dice is to eat cereal from his head? Yes. That was that was my contribution. Yours, yours is much 
much more high, bro. You've got to talk about Grant Boris and Martin. Well, it's, it's where he takes two face from a coin to a dice to a pack of cards and he eventually wets himself because he, he takes so long to do. He's got 64 options every time he needs to do anything else at 52. Um, but the Bo Ridley, the Bo Ridley, um, the Bo Diddley riff, Bo Ridley diff, and uh, that photocopied kind of raw dragnet era stuff. That that's good. That's nice. That's that's fine. But yes, uh, Smith Smith lets us down sadly. Um, Michael Lee, it's a great track. I always loved hearing it, but I can't see it getting past English scheme. The ending's a really good punchy one. Uh, Max first appearance of Bo Diddley and drummer Lee can't quite cope. But but the book is better than the music. Where the lyrics rescue it. Extra points for pronunciation of moralists. Um, Greg, what do you reckon to Dice, man? Um, I think it's okay. I think up against English scheme, um, it's it 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 doesn't stand much of a chance. I think it's okay. It's it's obviously it's based on the book, making decisions in your life, uh, the role of the dice. I read a quote which I've not written down, but I can paraphrase something about um he likes the idea of change and um, you know, not being predictable. And the idea of somebody, uh, you know, kind of making decisions in the life of the roll of a dice. He said it's not his intention to keep people guessing. It's just the way that he likes to be. Um, so I can see how that would kind of lead into the song. Musically, it's okay. It's kind of fairly catchy. Um, I think it's okay. I think of the of the six songs that we talked about today, uh, it's probably the one that left the least impression on me, even though it wasn't my least favourite. Mm. It was probably... You know, because I didn't really like all gang, but I didn't really dislike this. I didn't love it either. I I think it's okay. I don't object to it. I don't dislike it. Um, but it's probably it's got the least about it. I think of the yeah. of the six. Uh, it's the least distinctive. I mean, it's musically it's quite memorable because the the, the Bo Diddley thing, which is kind of really obvious and, and and really stands out, is certainly like the most musically derivative thing. Of, of, of all the other ones that are on here today. Um, so, yeah, ambivalent, probably the right side of ambivalent because I didn't dislike it, but, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I've got a bit higher standards for uh, the fall than this stuff, to be honest. The um, Dragnet, the album itself, is is a game of two halves because um, you've got stuff like Psychic Dance, all the figure walks, um, Spectre versus Rector before the moon falls, which are proper dark kind of um menacing tunes and expansive even though they're not necessarily all long they're kind of expansive and um and then you've got <laughs> stuff like dice man your heart out chock stock put away which are you can kind of throw away tunes and um it suffers for it it's not an album that uh, a lot of people outside of fall fans uh, know but there's it's it's got some decent stuff on it um have we all had a go alistair i've asked you what you think of uh yeah. Nice one. Go on. I, I quite like it. I don't, I don't mind sort of the uh, generic garagey sort of stuff. And, you know, I do one more than one board Bidley LP. And, so, Full of mistakes, yeah, like... isn't it? Full of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> his guitar's the wrong shape. What's going on? But yeah, it's, it's dead. So it, it just sounds like it's been chucked together a bit. And, um, you know, like he it, it, it might have wrote a bunch of lyrics and got, oh, yeah, read, read the book and it's like a bit, been inspired, got some lyrics down. And it's like, right, Mark. Get a bloody song together now, and Riley's just kind of like, "All right, yeah, well, two, two riffs, <laughs> sorry, two, two chords, chuck them together uh, in a board diddly style, and that's it. Jobs are good and sorted." Um, but yeah, I reckon it'd been interesting if they'd had some keyboards on this. Um, 
not maybe all the way through it, maybe just like interspersed. Uh, but yeah, quite like the production. And quite, I do quite like what the drums are doing, even though uh, somebody else sort of like said it said like the drummer was struggling. Uh, but that's probably like the most complex bit to it, really, is, is uh, the drum pattern. But yeah, don't mind it. Good at what it does. Fair enough, yeah, Leon. It's always nice to hear the ball diddly beat. Shame he never had any money from it due to historically racist copyright laws, which did not cover original rhythms until recently. Check one, two. Right on. Good. Um, so that's it. I think that brings yeah, us to the end, in, in, unless we care about what our street Almost. thinks. What does he yep. think? He's put good, but stinks of manifesto at points and loses points because it's not buried enough to be interesting. Fair enough. Short, brutal. As always. No punches pulled. Exactly. So um let's let's take a vote then. So both of Michael e and Max have gone for English scheme. So it's it's already up. And um Greg, yeah. English think, scheme most yeah. definitely for me. Fair enough. Same for me. It's um no contest, Philip. Uh have we really been fair on Dice Man? Has anybody really stood up for it? Um I guess we've finished where we started, haven't we, with Dice Man? With him taking shots at people who aren't who don't have integrity in that, so I guess that's full circle. That's us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, English. I was going to say the irony would then you would just say, I'll go for Dice Man, even though I don't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's integrity, the, no, that, that is integrity for you. Stand up for your beliefs, um, Alistair. The you said it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> All right, so English English game, nice. English game goes through as does two Librans and slates. So all is well in the world. And uh, Greg, thanks very much for dropping by. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Good, good. Glad. And you're you're very welcome back. You know, we'll give it a, a bit of time. Maybe when we get to round three, or even earlier, or if we do that um, yep. jangly jangly pop. Oh yeah, we'll get you back for a jangle pop episode. Yeah, jangle pop. Exactly. Lovely. I'd um, love to come back. Thanks very much. All right. Take care. Have a good day. And you dress you gentlemen. We'll see you um see you real soon. Sweet. Thanks everyone. Right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye.